Hey, everybody. Welcome to the reading edition of Conversational Romance. We uh coming to you live from Sarah, Oklahoma. My name is Jeff Johnson. Oh, crap. I was going to debut the hat tonight. I just forgot. Is it too late? Hey, we almost started. I'm just messing with you. But uh, we are... We are not here to do the actual Conversational Romance podcast. We're here to read a book. Alexa, volume down three. We have been reading this book now for about six days. We are coming up in chapter seven. We're also doing a live over on TikTok. Now, if you're on TikTok, I'm going to turn the comments off for just a second. Hey, Bushman. We're going to turn the comments off. This is going to take about 20 minutes to read the book. And then we'll be back on a live. Uh, we're going to leave the live going the whole time. But after the 20 minutes... We'll be back and we'll open the comments when the session's over. Hopefully we'll talk about it there. If you stick around, it'll be kind of fun to talk about. All right. So we're going to turn these off. Welcome, everybody, on the podcast. We uh, we picked this book up. This book is, in the, is called uh, Burning Ember by um, Sarah Arden. And I say this every night. And if you're watching every night, I apologize. Skip forward 10 seconds. Because I am proud to say that she is not only a, a brilliant author that can create, that maybe is a master at character development. She has a way of wording things and putting things in, in, in these character introductions and development stages that just blows you away. And then before you know it, you are wrapped up in their lives and you don't want to quit reading this book because you feel safe when you read it. She has a way of creating safety in her words that is just fantastic. I mean, it is really fantastical. So, uh, if you want to pick up, if you uh, if you want to drop off right now, if you're listening over on the podcast, if you want to drop off right now and look up chapter one, just go back and catch on up with it. We'll be here when you get here. I promise. It won't go anywhere. And if you want to read the book, if you want to read along with us, which is actually the most fun thing because... I don't, I'm not really reading the book. I'm, I'm sight reading the book and narrating it instead of reading it at the same time. It's kind of a weird. I don't know even what it's called. I, I'm sure it's called something. I know there are people out there that do it a lot better than I do. But so this is uh, hopefully it gives a little bit of exposure to my uh, my author friend, and hopefully it gives a little bit of exposure to me, and hopefully I learn a little bit. And hopefully at the end of this, when we're done, you will give me constructive criticism of how of what you would like to see done better. And what maybe what wasn't so good, and maybe a small bit of what was good, but we'll see what happens after that. Uh, if you found us here on Spotify, feel free to leave comments here. Uh, we do have a website. I have a website, or Trip and I. Hey, buddy, he's my production assistant. Uh, yeah, we have a website called conversationalromance.com. We'll see how that goes. All right, so <clears throat> when we first picked this book up. We meet our heroine. Uh, we meet our heroine, our hero, and our heroine. It sounds weird when you say heroine first, right? Mm. So the, now, this particular hero and heroine in these books, they happen to be intertwined. Hayden Cole, the hero, is a um, he is a firefighter extraordinaire that always. <laughs> Ah, oh, hammer, lamma, ding, dong, shuba. 
Whoa, you better be glad you're not, it's not a live studio audience. This turned into a really weird smelling Gallagher show. Whoa. <laughs> nice. All right, sorry about that. All right, so when we first met Hayden Cole and, uh, and Sophie, and now Hayden and Sophie, they had met, they were pretty close to age appropriate. They were, you know, she was a couple years younger, but not much. And he was a firefighter that wanted to be a hero all his life. That's all he wanted to do. His mom was a hero. His dad was a hero. His granddad, they were all firefighters. And and he just, that's all he wanted to be. So, Sophie, unbe nobody knows this about Sophie right now, but there's she has a secret. And every, so she, she was in a tragic fire and Hayden went to save her and he hesitated. He got scared for just a minute and hesitated. And that hesitation caused her some severe pain, some burns and some permanent scarring. But he did save her life. So every year after that, they've been meeting up on the, on the anniversary of that day. And this one year, they finally decided to try to be friends. And that friendship led to going to a family barbecue. And the family barbecue led to a very sweet and passionate kiss. <laughs> Where that has turned into now dating, bringing lunch to the firehouse, and they're just kind of feeling out how to move forward, right? As both hero and heroine trying to drop the hero worship and the, 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 uh, the oh, what's that nurse, Night, nurse Nightingale syndrome. <clears throat> trying to drop those things and just become together as humans because, well, quite frankly, Sophie's beautiful. And he's always thought she was very beautiful. And, and they've been, he's been saving her since they were kids, which is, oh, you gotta read the book. So now she just left the firehouse and they had a great lunch. And they're looking forward to the future. And here goes chapter seven with Ember Lake, or I'm sorry, Burning Ember from Ember Lake book one by Sarah Arden, available on Amazon Prime, uh, Barnes and Nobles, anywhere you find your books. It's three ninety nine for the digital set. Please help a girl out. <clears throat> Burning Ember by Sarah Arden, Chapter 7. Oh, she was going on a date. Alexa, pause. She was going on a date. A real date. Like, like a date date. You know, not, not Netflix and chill, but a date. And not only a date, but she was going with Hayden Cole. Hayden Cole. Her dreams are coming true in front of this had to be some kind of alternative timeline or you know that parallel universe where the the weird batman lives and the weird superman the anti-superman lives things like because things like this did not happen to sophie right not when she was awake this whole last week from the time that they agreed to be friends until now has been some kind of a Beautiful dream. Now, deep down, and maybe even on the surface, she knew it was this dream was fast on its way to becoming an actual nightmare. Because if she didn't tell him the truth and do it really soon, it just was not going to be pretty. And Sophie couldn't seem to make herself spit out the words. Every she knew, every, she knew it was the best to do it now, but she couldn't do it. 
It only hurt more. It would only hurt more and do more damage the longer she waited. Except the way he looked at her when she went to see him at the firehouse, she was going to tell him that night. Both, when he looked at her, he, he saw both magic and that she was real also. He saw her for the first time. She had never had somebody see her like that before. She certainly never thought she had a chance with Hayden before. Now, everything she wanted was right at her hands. I mean, part of her wondered if she needed never confess her sins, right? Could she get away with never telling her sins? If, could she really just lay back and bask in this until she wanted was right at her hands? Why do we do this in the background, too? I, I need help, man. I need technical help. What did I just start? I have no idea what I started. Uh, but I need a break anyway. We're all, we're, see, we're only two and a half chapter, two and a half, yeah. No, two and a half paragraphs into this thing, and I'm already getting cooked up. I don't want, because I know what she's thinking, right? I've been a liar my whole life, right? I'm sorry, podcast, I'm going to go another room. I've been, I've never, nobody in my life has ever known the true me, right? I've always lied to everybody about everything. I mean, everything. So I know exactly what she's feeling. She's like, as soon as I tell him, that's so, so, so what do you do? Do you write it out until it eventually just blows up on its own? Or do you... I mean, she can't. Right, she can't just bask in it because she knew it would be a lie to do so. I mean, Sophie had started to hope that maybe if she gave him absolution he needed, he could give her the same. And then, then what they were building, right? Do you think what they were, it could survive this? Jesus Christ. She, I mean, she wished she had a girlfriend to talk to, somebody to confide in, someone who could give her advice. She had always been so alone. The only people she really spoke with were her clients. And Sophie knew that uh, probably wasn't healthy to do that kind of shit. But she had been hiding from the world in a way that nobody ever knew. I don't know why I said nobody. But she knew that about herself, right? And helping other people with their problems was always easier than helping herself with her own. <sighs> Sophie decided, this hurts. This hurts. Sophie decided that for tonight, she was going to turn off all the noise in her head. She'd have plenty of time to pick it to death after all this fell apart. As it inevitably would. Right now was for making memories. For living in the moment. For letting herself live. She decided that she wasn't going to wear a dress this time. She she said it was, he said it was casual, so she was going to wear a pair of the best-fitting jeans she had, a cute little T-shirt, and those pink cowboy boots she always wore. 
when she needed just a little bit of good luck. She got the lucky boots. Did she say anything about her lucky aunt? Oh, never mind. Yeah, when she heard the knock on the front door, her stomach twisted on itself, and wow, she thought she was going to be sick, right? So, so turn, so turn, so much for turning that shit off in her head. It just went to her stomach. In that walk from the to the door, she rethought every mistake she'd ever made. From the first grade spelling bee when she had bombed out on cashew. Cashew? How do you bomb out on cashew? Oh. <laughs> to that time that she had dyed her hair red. To this very moment right here. It was all wrong. Everything she had done was always wrong. Sophie, Sophie took a deep breath and allowed it all down. Just... Panic, the anxiety, the judgment. When she opened the door, it was suddenly all okay because it was Hayden. Hayden made everything better. Hayden made everything right. Hayden actually made her right. You know, so she's just like, so, hey. She's trying not to, she's trying not to be too cool or too casual, but she's like, hey. And he's like, wow, well, you look great. You ready? It was a really nice night. How, how do you feel about walking there? <sighs> what she really wanted was an excuse for him to come back to her place after the bar, not to seduce him, even though if he made a move, she definitely wouldn't say no. She wanted more time with him. She wanted the evening to last until it was an evening. She wanted to see another dawn with him on her couch. Yeah, that night that they met the first time, they fell asleep on the couch, fully clothed, no hanky-panky, nothing. And maybe she didn't even realize it. Maybe she wanted to make sure that's the last thing they had to do was to talk. Built-in time. It's very smart relationships to walk somewhere. Park around the block. And he thought about it for not even a nanosecond, and he said, sure, I love an evening walk with a pretty girl in my arm. Best I remember, of course. <laughs> she, she giggled like she was seven. God help her. She, she giggled like, I mean, Sophie understood what some of her clients meant when they talked about the flutter in their stomach, but she never, she never thought, she thought she had before, but now she really does know what they meant. Or the high that they talk about when they're with that person. The high that sounds like some kind of mania if you've never felt it, right? She finally experienced her for herself and it was it felt like she was drunk on champagne without the indigestion. All the bubbles in her stomach and in her head. And there's no there's not one bad bubble. He held her hand as they walked, his fingers warm and strong. The night air was cool. It was kind of a relief after the heat of the day. The crickets are chirping and the little song that they sing. The lightning bugs flickered and danced, lighting their path to Ben's place. Mm. Music blared from the little bar and the parking lot was full of trucks. I mean, most of them are firefighters. They all had rescue plates. You know, firefighters had big trucks. Had to make up. Oh, never mind. 
<clears throat> so Sophie actually didn't know Livy Todd well, but her heart had broken for her all the same when her husband had passed, had been killed while saving a woman and her children from an accident. He had gotten them out, but when the car went over the side of the bridge and into swirling muddy waters of the Kansas River below, it took him with it. His fingers tightened, her fingers tightened around Hayden's. She knew he had not hesitated to do the same thing, and Oh, shit. Maybe for the very first time it just hit her what the price of loving a hero really was. He would do the same thing tomorrow. And she would never see him again. Whew! She didn't want to think about that either, right? She wished her brain would just turn that shit off, but it won't. It won't, it won't stop and... Hayden obviously noticed because he, he said, are you okay? <laughs> he said, yeah. She said, I'm, I'm fine. You lying sacks of poop. <laughs> would you would you rather go somewhere else? <laughs> and she immediately thought in her head. So, yes, back to my place where it's dark and quiet and I don't have to pretend I'm not a fraud. No, no, no. I, I, I want to be here. This is, this is a thing that you like to do. So I want to do it with you. It would be nice to make some new friends at the same time. <laughs> as soon as they were inside, Royce put his arm around her waist and goes, There's my best girl. Get over here. Hayden <laughs> rolled his eyes as she laughed and giggled. You were waiting for me. Of course. Hey, look, kiddo. I don't know how to break it to you, but you brought us food. We're yours. Me included. He winked at her. Of course, he always winks. So that's all a girl has to do to catch a cold, brother. Just feed him. Well, shit. I'd have done that years ago. Well, she said shoot. I said shit. Uh, you don't get both of us, though. You have to pick one. And Hayden was kind of teasing her. He thought, oh, Hayden, it was always you. Always you. See? Never tease about that shit with a man. It's important. <clears throat> she... she and then she realized what she said, and she said, oh, shit, to herself. She said, I didn't mean to speak. She didn't mean to say that stuff out loud, but she did. <laughs> and she wasn't embarrassed afterwards. She was kind of proud. And he goes, dude, I'm not out of the run, out of the running yet, brother. I got some tricks up my sleeve. I mean, I've got muscles. He, as he's like, because he was, he was buff, right? And I'm a fireman, just like you. I got a lot going for me. Livy brought a pitcher of beer and a frosty glass and a bunch of frosty glasses to the table. Royce, Robert Cole, leave that girl alone, she said. Nope, I don't plan to leave that girl alone one little bit. You don't go out with me, so someone has to, Livy. Livy looked at him and said, well, you've never asked. Ooh, do we have a, I know what happens next, we've read the second book. For a moment, the carefree Royce was gone in his head. He went to a place that he was with Libby. And he said, uh, you know what, ma'am? You are right. Libby, would you like to go out with me? And Sophie 
at that time just realized she picked up on that little mental trip, that little mental vacation he had. She realized that that Roy's was head over heels for Livy. Oh my gosh. How could she not notice it before? Oh, oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, he said, that's the last thing I need is a pity day, she snorted. I have a better idea. How about you stay after tonight and help me clean up? That's actually what I need. <laughs> Royce looked pain like, oh, oh, shot to get on. And you of course, Liv, all you have to do is ask. The world is yours. If you just ask. Well, you know what? I hate asking, and you should know that by now. Sophie knew what she meant. Sophie didn't want to ask for help either. She needed to. She wanted to, but she didn't. But she knew exactly what she meant. So, time to employ some of Sophie's skills, right? Yeah, me too. But if we want people to respect our boundaries, that means we have to articulate our needs. We can't expect them just to know we need something. I mean... If we need a thing, it doesn't mean we want it. So asking sucks. But it's better to be uncomfortable asking and maintain your agency. Hmm. Liv cocked her head to the side. You know, I never really did think about it like that. Flash her little grin. You're right. So Royce, I would really like you to help me clean up because I'm so tired and I need a break. It seemed like it took a lot for her to say those words. Anything you need, Liv, I'm happy to do it. I'll start now. I'll man the bar while you work on that inventory, okay? <sighs> Liv flung her arms around his neck. And... She barely got out to thank you. <laughs> and Royce instantly did not hesitate one little microsecond to hug her back. Hayden offered to help. Sophie said she would too. No, no, it's all good. You guys have fun. I've got it, Royce said. Obviously, you wanted to take care of Libby like you were supposed to. That was a great nudge there, what you said. Royce has been pretty conflicted about how to help her because he obviously she obviously needs help and she has an ass and he didn't want to overstep and you fixed it like that. Yeah. I don't think I fixed it really. Sometimes people need a mirror to see what's going on. That I mean that's what I do. I hold up the mirror and hope that people actually see what's reflected there. Then and I help them figure out things based on what's there. Well, it might seem like a small thing to you, but it was probably the world for my brother. And for Libby. He put his arm around her waist and pulled her against him. You're amazing. So this is another thing I like about Sarah. And, and so this book, I think it's important to remember or to know that these books are written, what, 10 or 15 years ago. When nobody was talking about living in a mirror, nobody was talking about safety, nobody was talking about, you know, personal safety in a relationship and blah, blah, blah. And here she is throwing out another one. You know, she was talking about gaslighting in the last book, and she, I mean, she really is way above what's, you know, I mean, she's right there. Hmm. I'm sorry about the, the sniffles. I thought I had that taken care of. No, I don't have a, I'm not going to do it on camera. <laughs> Oh, 
So warmth kind of bloomed over her in waves that she didn't really realize when he grabbed her and pulled her close, right? And she kind of mustered up, it's, uh, it's just my job. The same way running into burning buildings and plucking cats out of trees is your job. Uh, I have, just for the record, I've never plucked a cat out of a tree. But this was there one time with a mule? I. So she accepted the, the, uh, the, the compliment gracefully. Took the beer and drank it down. She didn't really taste it. She was, Ainsley Becker had stopped by the table and she just drank it so fast. And she's still in this dream world. Everything was just perfect. Hey, you guys want to play a game of pool? And Sophie's like, I'm not very good. Ah, oh, that doesn't matter, Ainsley said. We'll play uh, girls versus boys and we'll win because I am. Ethan came up behind her, leaned on her shoulder. Someone needs to knock this woman off her throne. I would pay to see it. It might be me. I am that bad, Sophie grinned. But I'm game if you are. Look at Sophie getting out of her shell, right? Good. Ainsley was pleased. I'm so glad you didn't go for the, oh, Hayden, teach me. I'm helpless ploy. That's such a boring ploy. Hey, let's not be hasty, Aiden said. I'm more than happy to teach Sophie anything she needs me to. Once again, Sophie shivered with delight like she was wearing some kind of remote control device. I mean, she wasn't even thinking about him teaching her anything. So pedestrian is cool, but man, that, why does that sound so cool now? I think the ladies have decided that you're stuck with me, Cole. Ethan grabbed a, a couple of cues and they headed for one of the tables. Great. Suddenly, a gleam in Ainsley's eyes became predatory, like, I'll rack them. I can say, well, that's what you're truly good at. Oh, I mean, busted them, sorry. Hey, don't you forget it either, dude. As if Emily, though. As any of us could forget Ainsley, right? I think that woman's pretty tough. As they were playing and laughing, Sophie was playing just as horribly as she had promised. Thank heavens. Ainsley was giving her pointers, and it actually improved her game a little bit. It occurred to Sophie that, once again, this was the life she had always dreamed about. This was the kind of life she wanted for herself. Sophie really didn't prove to be as poor of a player as she initially had believed herself to be, but as the game was winding down, a slow song played over the jukebox. Their eyes met. Hayden held out his hand. This is what you imagine, right? He, he held out his hand. She handed her cue to Ainsley and said, Sorry, man. This is the moment I've been waiting for all night. Right? Ah, I knew that happened, Kelly Jenny. Ainsley grinned. Don't worry. I'll pick up the slack. I got this. I mean, who wouldn't ditch a pool to dance with Hayden, right? Uh, right here, Ethan nodded. I don't give a shit about Hayden. Yeah, right here, getting your butt handed to you. You're not going to distract me with dancing and then try to say you won because I conceded. I never concede. Their conversation, along everyone else, along with every other conversation, the building faded away when she moved into his arms. Oh, God, it was a fairy tale, wasn't it? It really was heaven. I mean, they moved like they were in a cloud. They might have been in a small bar in tiny Kansas, but... 
She wasn't quite sure their feet even were on terra firma. She leaned into him, her head on his shoulder, and inhaled the scent. Oh. It was warm and solid. Sophie had imagined dancing with him like this, his hand on the small of her back, keeping her breath so close to him. In her fantasies, I mean, he'd rub his cheek on hers. His stubble would be just a little rough, but not so much it made it up. Made it her lips broad. It didn't rub her cheeks too well, but it just did enough. But it would be a long time before he kissed her. They'd wait in this moment as the tension grew between them. Hovering between that moment where the kiss happens and that time where it exists. Yet it doesn't really exist. He had thread his fingers through his hair. She shouldn't have cut her hair. My God. She could, and he whispered, just when he, she was thinking about that, he leans in and whispers, feel so bad. Man, you feel good. His voice was a ring back to reality. For the first time ever in her life, reality was definitely a million times better than her fantasies. She'd never imagined him saying things like that to her. She had been afraid that even in a fantasy, it was too much to dream of something like that. His breath was warm on her neck. His body, he just was like a, it was branded her everywhere he touched her. As he leaned in and whispered, I love your hair like this. <laughs> she said, why? He said, so I can do this. He brushed his lips against the arch of her neck, so very close to the place where her scars began. She wanted to hide. She wanted to shy away, but her body refused to obey her. This touching, it was decadence like she had never known before. Sophie wanted to just bask in it. Mm. Sophie wanted to just bask in it always. A moment of panic tightened around her as the song was ending. This couldn't be over. The next one was upbeat and fast. Something about a truck with six wheels. Something she didn't give a single shot. Ah, damn it. He pulled her close and whispered in her ear, Don't worry. We'll dance to our own music. The way his voice danced against the shell of her ear. They kept slow dancing, even though the couple around them were doing versions of some country swing. A small portion had even cornered themselves off into, into rows of line dancing, and Hayden didn't give a shit. He didn't care. She didn't either. All that mattered were the two of them were moving in time, their bodies swaying in tandem to a song that could only be heard by the two of them. I could do this all night, she said. Well, if that's what you want, ma'am, I'd be happy to oblige. Oh, wait, I need the hat for the ma'am's daughter. 
<laughs> but in all reality, ma'am, I bet Libby would much rather we not do it all night. Well, she'd probably turn the lights out on us and tell us to lock up when we left. Sophie kept wondering if she pinched herself if she'd wake up. The songs from the jukebox kept changing, but they danced and they danced. and She knew that she was Cinderella at the ball and it was almost midnight. The more she was given, the more she knew she had to talk to him. Hayden, she became, I mean, she was trying to work up the courage. Let's just stay here a little longer, okay? This place where it is, it's just us. How did you know what I was going to say would change something? Shit. He's an intuitive bastard. It's in your tone. The way you pulled away from me as you spoke. I'm not... I'm not ready to let this go yet. What if what I have to tell you... She didn't really know how to phrase the rest of it. Remind me I said this. He buried his face in her hair. I will. I'll remind you. When it's time. Then it occurred to her that he had said that because he didn't believe this was something that could last either. Oh. That broke her heart. Oh, he deserved more than this. Huh. As the patrons began to clear out the last song played on the jukebox, he said, it's getting late. I should walk you home. Princes, they just didn't dance with little cinder girls after midnight, even if they wore sparkly dresses. And it was long past midnight. <laughs> there you go. That is chapter seven of uh, Burning Ember, the Ember Lake series by Sarah Arden. Wow. So, we'll be back tomorrow night if uh, if you're here on the podcast. Hi, how you doing? Thank you very much. We are uh, we're going to close this out. This is our uh, this is our reading edition. This isn't the actual podcast. It's just something we do in the reading edition. We have a live going on TikTok. We're going to turn the comments on right now. Hey everybody, let's let's chat. If you want to join us, we'll just uh, join in until the book is over. We're going to be reading this thing every night at eight o'clock. I have no idea how many more chapters they are, but we're going to do it. Hey, everybody. How are y'all? So, thank you for joining us. That is Burning Ember by Sarah Arden. It's on Amazon. It's everywhere. Please, please help a girl out, man. Not me. Her. Go say hi. Show her some love. It's $3.99. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everybody. Woo!